Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, back with another edition of the Fourth Man Podcast. And what a week one that we just got. Couldn't have asked for a better week. Great turnout in Chicago. Chicago was lit from, you know, my point of view, sitting on the couch. Had some great performances, not only in the game, but also all the artists that showed up. Just a great atmosphere overall. So couldn't have asked for a better week one. So glad to be back here. And we got another great episode for you, kind of recapping a lot of the games, talking about any major changes that have happened, nothing too major that has happened over the past week. We'll kind of review some of those things. And then obviously, you've probably seen the title by now. We get a chance to sit down with Power's new co-captain and Power's new rookie, Akil Mitchell, at the back half of this episode. So got a great one in store for you guys. As always, please make sure that you're over there following on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Fourth Man Pod, that's where you'll find any new updates. If there's any news about the league, if there's any player transactions, if there's any just posts in general that you want to see content about the big three, you'll find all of that mostly on Instagram. Also, see some Twitter stuff, some stuff on Twitter as well. But it's more important to follow on Twitter, especially on game days, because no matter where I am, no matter if I'm on vacation or not, I'm gonna make sure that I'm tapped into the games and I'll make sure to update you guys with. Halftime scores, final game scores, things happening in between. Obviously, it's like six games in one day. So trying to make sure that I'm, you know, doing things, you know, multiple things at once. But make sure, just so you guys know, I'll update you guys as best as I can. So make sure you guys are following on all social media platforms there. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube for any visual podcast, for any content that we put on that side. Any kind of shorts we put together, you can find that at youtube.com slash fourth man pod. So make sure you're subscribed, hit that notification bell. And then for just want to say a big thank you really to Believe, the production team, for letting us have a platform to talk about the big three week in and week out. We couldn't thank you guys enough. And let's just get into it. I know that more people are probably excited about the conversation that we got a chance to have with Akil Mitchell and obviously you can skip ahead to that but let's talk a little bit about these matchups let's talk a little bit about the news first going into the first week there weren't too many major changes when the rosters were released for the big three season but we did notice a few if you're following on Instagram you probably are more up to date to it already and if you even saw the big three just put out some of their their posts about the roster you probably saw as well that Aliens roster and Bivlac's roster Looked just a slightly diff- bit different than initially expected. So Aliens was missing their co-captain, Kosia Mushidi, and then they were also missing Alonzo Gee, who was drafted in the back half in the second round for the Aliens. Neither of those guys were on the roster. Instead, it was Will Bynan, and it was also Tony Criswell, who was filling in for their places. On my post, I actually put that Will Bynum had been named a co-captain, I'm not exactly sure if that's true or not at this point. From my understanding, Mushidi is expected to play and join this team at some point in the season. But it's a matter – it's kind of like with Ibo said last year. They're just having a couple of visa issues, so hopefully you can get that soon and we can see him soon. What I will say is that I don't expect to see him in Dallas. He could be, 
but it sounds like they're still kind of working through the visa challenges. And what that could mean is, you know, we might not see Mushidi for a while. And maybe if it's too late in the season, we might not see him at all. Who knows? As far as Gee, I'm not too sure. But we did see Will Bynum and Tony Criswell play for those guys and, and fill in on this alias roster to round things out. So we'll get a little bit more into this game as we talk about the Bullhawks and Aliens recap. And then also, too, we saw John Jordan filling in for Shannon Shorter. I'm not sure the deal there. John Jordan actually didn't get a chance to play for triplets and Bivouac. One guy that I was super stoked to see if, you know, he got the opportunity. But for all of the game, Bivouac went with a four-man roster and triplets did the same. So we did get enough chance to actually see John Jordan play. But as of right now, filling in for Shannon Shorter, I don't know if it's temporary. I don't know if it's permanent. But, you know, those are the major updates I have right now. We also just recently saw that on this isn't a major update just an update for if you guys are just an update for you guys who might be looking into or might be interested not just in the basketball aspect that the big three has to offer but the artists that are going to play at the big three week in and week out so the league and cube just announced that recently and i wish i would have had this pulled up already but they announced who the special performances are going to be they got lil will yellow beezy duro and they got mike jones hopping out to dallas so that should be a pretty good you know pretty good list of artists that you get to see alongside six great big three games on saturday and mind you the games will be on saturday not sunday i don't know they're gonna have i guess they're gonna interchange back and forth or it's just kind of whatever fits in their schedule but all the games will be on the same day as far as we know just could be that things could switch up weekend and week out when it comes to what they are playing on Saturday or Sunday. So those are the biggest things that I have for you guys right now. Again, if you're following on social media, you'll have all the updates a lot sooner than when this podcast drops, but yeah, you'll have the updates there. And that's the major things here. Uh, before we get into the interview with the kill, I want to quickly just talk about some of the games, a lot of great games that we had and week one is not necessarily indicative of how, the year is going to go, obviously, right? Like, guys are still feeling it out. You got some rookies that excelled in the first week. You also have some rookies that are still getting adjusted. Teams getting adjusted. Uh, maybe some trying to find some chemistry issues there. But overall, a lot of great games. I feel like the scores didn't necessarily tell the whole story in a lot of these games. We saw two great comebacks in this game. And then we saw some teams that kind of stood out from the crowd. So, First off, the Trilogy and Enemy games, I would say some of the main takeaways that I saw from that game is one, Trilogy picking up where they left off, a well-oiled machine right now. And that was a game that was like, you know, I thought Trilogy was going to start running away with. It was not a great start. Briscoe was hitting a ton of threes. He hit five in this game, which is a dangerous sight for the rest of the league, knowing how we already know what or we already know what Isaiah Briscoe can do when he gets to the basket. But for him to be hitting his outside shot is encouraging for Trilogy and scary for the rest of the team, but it was pretty, pretty close game over overall, because like, even though Trilogy got off to the hot start, Isaiah Briscoe hit a couple threes to kick off the game, you know, enemies kept it tight. It looked like at one point in the first half, Trilogy could have ran away with it. Elijah Stewart hits a couple threes and for a majority of the game, and even at the, at the end of the game, but for a majority of the game, it looked like this was going to go back and forth. Enemies had a lead late in the second half. The biggest tipping point probably was when Quincy Miller got the tech. Wasn't it didn't seem like enemies was happy with the foul calls throughout the game. Quincy Miller got a tech for throwing the ball off the backboard immediately after a miss. That was one tech. 
And then as they were taking the free throw shot for the initial foul, not the tech shot, Isaiah Austin ended up getting a tech and, and then ultimately got ejected, which was a huge loss for enemies. Enemies kind of, I, I don't want to say fell apart, but Trilogy definitely took advantage of maybe some of the emotions that were running high at that time, went on a late run, sitting at 49, and then enemies kind of got hot there late. We saw a three from Swaggy P, a three from Jordan Crawford, saw another bucket from Jordan Crawford, and then Swaggy P had a chance to tie it late and just miss in the corner, which is unfortunate. Ultimately, Earl Hart, their Mr. Do-It-All, maybe player of the week this week, ended up getting it done and closing that one out. But, I, yeah, I feel like the game could have been a lot closer. I think it's one of those things, too, where, like, First off, Jordan Crawford was great in this game for enemies. He could be – we got a little bit of a sneak peek of what he could do last year, but he could be someone that's a real threat for this enemies team and, and maybe gets him over that hump, maybe gets him in the playoffs. But I also think that we didn't get to see enough of what Quincy Miller could potentially do. Um, I feel like he was still getting comfortable with the team and trying to figure out his role, so I think we could see more from Quincy as well. But, man, Trilogy just – I mean, they went with a four-man rotation too. Hawk didn't play. But – Wow, they they look maybe better than they did last year. It was mostly just Briscoe, Amir Johnson, and Eric Clark the majority of the game. James White played a little bit, but I think his role will – he'll play less of a role this year. But, wow, I, I was really impressed by Trilogy. I thought they were the number one team coming into the league. I mean, three chips, back-to-back champs. How am I going to doubt them at this point? But they, they look like – they're not going to let up at any point. Someone's going to have to knock them off that throne. They're not going to be one to just give it up and say, here you go. So great showing by Trilogy. I'm still have a, I'm still very encouraged by enemies. And I think as long as they can keep the, I think as long as they can keep their emotions in check, they'll be fine moving forward. I think Elijah Stewart was, we've seen better games from him. I didn't think he had a bad game, but we've seen games where he's like really taken over. And I don't think we got to see enough of that, but yeah, I think, Jordan, Elijah, and Isaiah, I think they could be really scary. And then factoring Quincy, factor in Swaggy P, Nick Young here and there, I think that could be a team that could be, um, you know, a real threat this year. I don't think it's a team that's going to disappoint. So we'll see what happens there. The next game was Triplets and Bivlac. Both these games were on CBS, by the way. The rest of the game's on Big3.tv or TV.Big3. And honestly, the big thing, a big two takeaways were, one, that Isa Joe is back. I mean, he did shoot 31 times, but – you know, he was kind of their main source of offense, 29 points and 16 rebounds in this one. But he looked really good. I mean, it looked like, you know, he's doing what he does. He's the face of the league at 41 years old, can still serve buckets in a variety of ways. And for the most part, I felt like Triplets was in control of this game. I thought Larry Sanders looked good in the early going. It seemed like Ryan Hollins and Larry Sanders, really the only time they were out there is when the other one was on the court. So they wanted to make sure they were kind of like, accounting for that matchup there. But they look pretty good for the most part. I think they were missing a little bit of offense. You know, hopefully that can come from Damian Wilkins. Saw Jeremy Parva being more of that facilitator. Uh, I mean, he scored a little bit, but I don't feel like he was as aggressive as we normally see him maybe. And I think he understands the situation he, he, he's in. And I think he knows that probably going to have to have, you know, be more of that second score for this team to like really be able to go to the distance. It can't just be all on Joe, but for the most part, triplets was in control of this game. I think Bivlack Bivlac kept it close throughout the game. Looked like late triplets was going to take over. And then 
I, I don't know. I mean, Gerald Green really kept him in in the first half in some incredible shots, but Darling Green looks really comfortable, really good in his second year. He had a lot of tough shots too, played incredible defense, cut shots down the stretch. And this is a team that I think, you know, maybe I underestimated a little bit. I thought this might be one of the, and there's not really a bad team in this league, but I thought it could have been a team that was at the bottom of the standings if I were to look at this after an eight-week season. But Garland Green looked incredible. He had 17 points of his own. Gerald Green had 18 points. They combined for 35 of the 51. Corey Brewer with the, you know, the game-winning basket there. But I was really impressed by Garland Green. I think he's going to have a huge impact on the season. And I would love to see them utilize John Jordan at some point. OBL winner. I think he's a guy that can get you a bucket. Not saying that they needed extra offense like Gerald and Garland did great at times. But I think – and Garland provided a lot of spark off the bench when he did come on. I will say that I felt like they were getting some tired legs late. And so maybe you could use a little bit of that jolt late in the game, uh, maybe from someone like John. But we'll see uh, how Gary Payton continues to go forward. I mean, they got the win. And by the way, just to mention, Triplets was up 47-42. Bivlap closes it out on a 7-0 run there to, was it 7-0? 9-0 run there to end the game. So pretty incredible stuff there and really being able to – Take advantage of the fact that this game ends on a bucket. It's not going to end on time. And Bivouac coming away with a win. I mean, tip your hat to them. They did what they had to do. And now they're 1-0. It's good to see Bivouac and 1-0. Um, also good to see Ballhawks at 1-0, but we'll won't skip the game in between that. Um, Power versus 3 out of Monsters was the third game of the day. Power looked, Power looked strong. They looked really strong. Um, I think the addition of Mikhail Mitchell uh, – Definitely is going to serve them well. I mean, he had 12 points, didn't miss a shot, played really good defense, took on maybe one of the toughest interior forces in the big three in Reggie Evan. And they had three guys score over 10 points. I mean, this was a great effort, like, all around. We saw Glenn Rice have the first five-point play ever, like, completed ever. So that was pretty cool. He had a four-point shot and hit the, uh, the free throw following it. But it's one where power just looked really dominant. You know, from the start, I think the final score ended up being 50 to 43. But this was kind of this was a game that power was in control of, I, I would say, for a majority of the time. Three of the monsters got some late buckets there. But power looked like just all around, like they look so experienced. They have a good feel for the game. They look well prepared, taking advantage of some of the intricacies that come with playing in the big three. And Akil did a great job slotting in and and you know, being that. Maybe that missing piece to what they need to get that second championship. Um, Katina looks really healthy. Ben Rice Jr., you know, still was their leading scorer, but didn't he also was one of their best facilitators on the day, leading the team in assists. So this is a really good team. I think that maybe I, – I had them in my top four coming in. I didn't put out any power rankings. So maybe I should have held myself accountable, but – I was it. I, I didn't really want to put out a team like you know a bad team out there. I mean, like I don't think any of the teams are bad. I want to put any team at the bottom. I just didn't feel right to me. But uh, you'll have to take my word for it. I did have power up there as a, as a playoff team. They made the playoffs last year. They made the playoffs every year except for the year that they were injury prone, and had like eight or nine different players. So I really like power, but I didn't think they would look that good. Um, I was really impressed by what I saw with power on three at a monster side. A little bit of a shaky start to the season. Now, this is also a team that lost their first game last year and ended up winning six in a row. So 
not really one to fret on. You have to think that this was the return of Reggie Evans, who had a double-double, 14-13. They were missing their first-round pick in Jordan Adams, who's just coming off a championship in Venezuela. He's not there yet, so a lot of minutes for Kevin Murphy, not a ton of breaks. I think he's going to be a huge addition to what they're doing. I think he'll help them win more games and, and make them a little bit more balanced. It's also Robert Dozier's first game. Uh, so, you know, a couple of things uh, to consider there. They're also going against a really good team in power. So a couple of things to consider there. You know, I think Kevin Murphy will definitely have his better days. Reggie Evans will continue to continue to be Reggie Evans, you know, a force on the inside. And once Adams gets in there and slotted and gets adjusted, you know, I think they'll be good to go. Richard Lewis played a little bit less minutes. So I think the same with uh, James White in the sense that they'll take – play less minutes maybe this year, but you know, Richard, if he's needed and called upon, he can get you buckets. I don't care how old he is. That guy can do it for you. So I think no reason to fret just yet about three of the monsters. I think they'll be all right. I think just having four guys to go to uh, against a team that utilizes their whole rotation, you know, their whole roster, I think is, which is tough for them. And I think they get Jordan back. They'll be just all right. Moving on to aliens and ball hogs. Ballhawks, 1-0 on the year. I mean, wow. I was impressed by all of their new additions that they had. Jeff Harrison played a ton, but Jalen Johnson looked really good. DeWan Summers was actually the last to come into the game, the number one pick. And, you know, he played late down the stretch. He played the closing minutes, but he he looked good when he came on. Hit some big buckets for him in the clutch late. That really put that game away. But I think the biggest takeaway is that Jody Meeks balled the hell out. I mean, 23 points. Felt like he couldn't miss in the first half. He's probably the reason that they were in that game in the first half. He had like a let all like eleven of their first points, and then Leandro Barbosa. I mean, it doesn't look like he was ever injured at all. I mean, sixteen points, six assists on the day. He he looked just as strong. I think it was six assists. It might have been six rebounds, but he looked really strong. Uh, he looks like he's back in form, and he's really the catalyst to like when Ballhawks is, is doing well and having a good season, and when they're healthy. He's really the catalyst to make this team go. So this is a team that's really scary. Yes, 16 points and six assists. But it's a team that could be scary. I like Jalen Johnson a lot. He's a great passer, which was mentioned when we talked to Uncle John. There's also, if you've seen some of his highlight tapes, you know, uh, mostly, I, I I shouldn't say mostly, but I mentioned on that last episode that if you go to G League TV, there's some great highlights of him passing you know, G League TV calls him the G League Jokic potentially. And we saw that on display. I mean, he passed up a layup under the basket for a three, made a good pass on a cut. I mean, I think there's more to come from Jalen Johnson. He gives you those young legs, you know, a little bit of juice into your team. So I'm excited to see what this team can do. They they didn't even have to utilize Jeff Ayers that much, but we know what kind of interior force he can be. And when they take play a team, maybe like a three-headed monsters with the Reggie Evans or with a ghost ballers who's got a ton of bigs, you know, he could be a real force for them there. So I'm in, I'm excited to see what Ballhawks could do. On the flip side, Aliens wasn't a disappointment. I think there was just a couple of new changes to the roster. They looked a little discombobulated, I would say, at times, uh, especially in the second half, just like on different switches, uh, where they needed to be, on what, what they were trying to do on offense, like who they should run through. So maybe just – trying to find that chemistry. Uh, Giannis Timo looked really good as a shooter. I also feel like he shoots every time he touches the ball, but he was in a lot of them. So they needed offense from somewhere. Dusan struggled a little bit shooting the ball. Um, he didn't look like his normal, like, for general self. 
Evosev was not that same force that we saw from last year necessarily. But again, I think it's just like, it's just week one. Um, you know, there's a potential of Mushidi coming in at some point. I think Tony Criswell, if he got more opportunity, I think that he could be a really good, like, go-to scorer for them if, if they really need so. Need so. Um, so we'll see if this alien scheme can find that that balance and that chemistry and bounce back in week two. I don't think it's, any again, anything to worry about just the first week. But I think it just had to do with just a team that hasn't played a lot together at the end of the day. Like, some of these guys play a different style than the others. I mean, Will Bynum has scored 33 points in a game in this league. And, and whereas aliens is, is not a team that necessarily runs through one person to, and relies on that person for points. So I think it's just about coming to a compromise and figuring out what works best for this team. And I think once they figure out rotations, what everyone's and everyone's on the same page and bought in what they're trying to do with a game plan and a strategy, I think aliens can be okay. Just, I think the biggest question mark right now is do we get to see Mushidi this year? How does he slot in? Who would he replace or, you know, who replaced him and who would they, you know, potentially release to, to add him to the squad? When is he going to come to the team, if at all? So I think that's kind of the question mark there. And then, too, you know, it's his first year, so what kind of impact could he have? So I think don't want to worry too much about aliens, just some some things that I saw, you know, in this first game. Maybe the game of the day, maybe the game of the day might have been Ghost Ballers and Three's company. I mean – Three's company looked like they were going to get off to get out to another big win. This is a team that blew Ghost Ballers out last year, um, you know, and uh, they just ran away in the first half. And then Ghost Ballers made a little run, but they they couldn't necessarily catch up. This year was not the case. They were running away within the first half, and then Three's or Ghost Ballers really was able to assert themselves and find the rhythm and come back. Um, this, they were down at one point, 40 to 29 in the second half. And then they had like what a 19-2 run that really catalyzed their comeback in order for them to start the season one and oh. And this is all without Chris Johnson, really. I, I think he had just gotten back from playing in Taiwan for a long period of time. So I don't think he played too much. I think there's a little bit of jet lag factor, but a sizable team, as I mentioned. They got D Block, Darnell Jackson, they got Chuck Garcia, who looked really good. He can shoot from the outside get inside, he can defend. And so this is a scary team. But I think the X factor, who definitely for this team, and I think the X factor in this game was definitely Jonathan Simmons. Once he found his shot, once he was able to hit that mid-range pull-up in the second half, he could not miss. He had like seven points in a row. He finished with 16 after only scoring two in the first half. That included the game winner. But I think they were missing that, that like extra guard who could create their own shot, who could facilitate – who could defend on the perimeter. They only had Mike doing that for the most part last year. I mean, you had Jermaine and Ricky as well. But I like the I like the dynamic of this team of having two guards and then like three bigs that are versatile for sure. I think once Chris is back in his rhythm, it's going to be a really scary team. Like I'm really impressed by Ghost Ballers. I had them kind of in that middle tier, maybe like around six or seven when looking at like a just like a power ranking, just off rip. Not, not a lot of thought into it, just writing it down in my notes. But this is a team that I think might be sitting on the outside looking in, like maybe a five seed that could squeeze in and be a four and make the playoffs. So I'm really impressed by what I saw with Ghost Ballers. On the flip, flip side, tough loss for Three's company. I mean, I think I think there's a, a little – I don't want to say there's any chemistry issues. I mean, pretty much this team played together. They just added Hollis Thompson. But 
Michael Beasley looked good. I was really impressed by Brandon Rush. I felt like he struggled a little bit last year, but he looked really good in this first game. Um, Chalmers, I think, has had better days, but he looked fine. He wasn't, you know, I, I think this team looked fine. It was just kind of a, a mental lapse late in the game. Some things didn't go their way necessarily. And ultimately, it came down to just a good run by Ghost Ballers. I still have a lot of faith in Three's company. This is a team I had sitting right outside uh, of the playoff bracket looking in, like at that five seed. And I think this is a team that's, um, you know, it might not be in week one. Again, it's not indicative of, I think, how the season goes. Three's company got off to a really hot start last year going 1-0. Looked incredible in that first game, especially Beasley. And ultimately ended up losing the following game. I think the next two games. So, uh, you know, it might be one of those things where it, it gives a little more urgency to, to Three's company. I think it's just week one and they face a really tough Ghost Ballers team. And I think they have a chance to you know, be able to lock in, potentially come back and get that first win of the season when they play next week. So I don't know. I don't, I don't have any like major thoughts around three's company. Uh, I think that they're a team that's like well-adjusted. I think there were some layups maybe that they missed down the stretch that are not down the stretch, but maybe throughout the game that maybe if they hit those, you never know what could have happened. However, that being said, I think, I still think this is a really solid team. I think Beasley uh, looked really good, and he didn't look like someone who was like – he shot a lot, but I, I don't feel like he was like – I feel like he was still passing up when he needed to, making plays defensively. It was just a matter of down the stretch, couldn't necessarily get done what they were hoping to do. And I'm over here on my phone looking at the matchups for next week, and Three's Company gets a chance to play another 0-1 team in Killer Threes who was part of the last game against Tri-State who – if Trilogy's not the best team, it might be Tri-State. I mean, they looked really strong, and they did that all without really a good day from Deshaun Stevens, who I thought was one of the best players in the league last year, was an all-star with Aliens. was a really a big reason why they made the playoffs last year. Devin E. Banks looked like, after the first week, maybe the best pick of the draft. Jason Richardson did what he did. Justin Dittman did what he did. Ray Nixon was a good – was a good uh, – like counterpart to what this offense was doing. And I think it's a good addition on defense as well. I, I, I think this is just a really well-rounded team, but I really like Ebanks and, and what he showcased in this first game. He's a, not a guy that was like known for shooting coming into the league, but definitely as an improved shooter, as we saw, like all of his threes, um, Jason Richardson still looks like the go-to guy, but I, I, I mean, they have scoring from so many different ways. And again, they did all this. And by the way, Jason Richardson also grabbed 13 rebounds. Ebanks grabbed eight of those. So they did all this without Deshaun Stevens, who's their energy guy, who's their rebounder, maybe their best defender on the team. And that's what makes them so scary. Like, I think Tri-State could be a really good team. And I think they also beat a really good team in Killer Threes, who had a strong start, maybe a little gas toward the ends, but, um, you know, missed some shots maybe that they don't usually miss. But I got to say, Frank... Franklin Session, Frank Nitty, like looking like an early MVP candidate. I'll just put it at that. Like a guy who's doing a little bit of everything. He's scoring, he's rebounding, he's facilitating. But I think he's just elevated his game to a little bit of a higher level with his outside jump shot. I've seen a lot of just what he posts on Instagram and how much of an improved shooter he's looked like. But to see it last week within a full game for guys to go under on the screen and him just hit those shots, for him to pull up in people's faces – from the three-point line, it was really impressive. Like, I, I think he's in for a really big year, and that's why, like, I think Killer Threes is still a really good team. 
that that like also adding the fact that like Javier Carter is a new addition to the team, and I think he's still getting adjusted. He didn't even take any shots in this game. So I think once he kind of like finds his role a little bit and asserts himself, like I think he could be a really good player for them as well and help them make help them be that solid team. So it's going to be interesting because Killer Threes and Threes Company are going to be the first game next week. Both those teams fighting for their first win of the year. Every other game outside of outside of Power and Tri-State, every other game is a team that's 1-0 going against a team that's 0-1. So be pretty crazy if all the 0-1 teams ended up coming away with a win. But Power and Tri-State, one of those teams is going to be 2-0. Will another team join them? Who knows? But one team is going to be 0-2 for sure in that Threes Company and, and Killer Threes game. And that is really going to be not only a tough pill to swallow for those teams, seeing how it's uh, not a long season, but also, too, just like don't feel like either of those teams really – I mean, maybe this changes next week, but either of those teams after week one looks like a team that would lose their first two games, like at all. So just my takeaways from the first week. Um, would love to hear from you guys. Let me know in the comments on YouTube. Let me know on Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to add me. Like, I'm always happy to have the conversation. I always love talking big three, but – and very general topics, obviously. Like, I didn't dive – super deep into like specifics or anything, but just some things that I saw from a 10,000 foot overview. And I'm, I'm really impressed by all the teams. Like I don't think one team looked necessarily bad. I would say if any of the teams that did take a loss, it had to do with a little bit of miscommunication, not the chemistry, not being, you know, a hundred percent aligned from the get go. And that's expected week ones to get out some of those kinks, try new things and see what happens. I think we had some great bring the fire matchups again, Saw the first five-point play ever converted in Big 3 history from Glenn Rice Jr., so that was dope. And uh, I'm excited to see a couple of these guys that intend on playing. Jordan Adams, your Costa, Costa Mushidis. Like, I hope we get a chance to see them. Like, I think there's a lot of the rookies that played, like, really impressed. And I think for those that des- didn't necessarily, like, score score at a high level or impact the game in, in, a, in a certain way, like, I think there's more to come. Like, I think those guys are getting adjusted. Those guys are feeling out their roles and trying to figure out, like, well, what's the best way I can help my team win at the end of the day? So that's all I got for you guys on this half of the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed week one as much as I did. Let me know what you guys think of week two. I'll give you a quick, just a quick look at who I think might win in week two. Uh, I thought it was going to be quick. I thought it'd be easier than this. I, I don't know. Um, hmm. I'm going to say threes company over Killy threes. That's tough to say, but I only say that because I feel like they are not going to let a second one slip away after losing the first one. Power and Tri-State. And Power looked really good. And I had a, a Power guy on this week. But I'm going to have to rock with Tri-State. Uh, I just have high praise for him right now. Enemies and ball hogs, like, that'll be interesting. Uh, hmm. Because I don't know if I've really seen those teams play too often, even in the past. These teams are entirely different. Oh, gosh. I think I'm going to go with ball hogs. I think they're... I think they're a little bit playing a little bit more team basketball. I like what they're bringing to the table. Triplets and Trilogy could be a game of the week if Power and Tri-State isn't. I'm going to say I'm going to say Triplets gets their get back. 
three-headed monsters and Bivlet. If Jordan Adams is back, I like three-headed monsters. If not, man, I don't know if anyone can fight with three-headed with Reggie Evans in the post. I think it's going to be relied on the Green Brothers a lot again. If Jordan Adams is not back, I'm going to go with Bivlet. So contingent on the return of Jordan Adams. And then Ghost Ballers and Aliens. I think I like Ghost Ballers. I, I like what they're doing. Like I, I, they could be the sleeper this year. I, I really feel like they've been close. They've been close. You know, they had that one year they were really close, and Mike Taylor got hurt last year. I felt like they were close, and some things didn't go their way after a really hot start to the year. I think this could be the year of the Ghost Ballers more than I'm more than I'm realizing. Like, I, did I just come to like some kind of realization? I might have. I, th- I think Ghost Ballers. It might be the year. I'm wearing purple. Like shit. Yeah, I don't know. I like Ghost Ballers over Aliens. Let's just put it that way. Those are my quick picks for week two. That's pretty much what I have for you in this this half of the episode. Uh, make sure you guys are following on all social media platforms at Fourth Man Pod. That's Four T H Man Pod. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and hit that notification bell for all visual aspects of the show and any kind of other content you might not see on those social media platforms. And then a big thank you once again to Believe. We can do it with the, do it without you guys. You guys give us a platform week in and week out to talk about the big three. And even all year around when there's not a lot going on, you guys provide us with a platform to continue to talk about just the guys in the big three and what they're doing, you know, when they're not playing in the league or when the year is over. So appreciate you guys, I believe. And that being said, I'll shut up now and let's get to our interview with Powers co-captain and Powers rookie, Kill Mitchell. So today on the show, we're super excited to welcome on longtime overseas vet, also the co-captain of Power now, Akil Mitchell. Akil, thanks again for coming on the show and welcome to the league. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks. Yes. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I've heard just, I guess, a lot of people, not like personally, but just like, I guess, within the big three community, really excited about you, not just your own teammates, but also people that have been watching the league for the while and saw that you were going to play, just really excited about what you were going to bring to the league. And I think you showcased a lot about that in your first game, um, obviously a huge win, but we don't know each other personally. And I'm not sure if the community knows you super well, or, you know, listeners know you super well. So let's start with a little icebreaker. You've played in a lot of different countries. Yeah. First, let me ask you this question to preface, and then we'll get into the icebreaker. But what would you say is maybe your least favorite country to play in? Least favorite country is probably Turkey off the bat. Um, it's nothing against the people or, or the culture or anything like that. Like, I actually really enjoyed it. The food was really, really good. Yeah. Um, just kind of like some of the business practices that, that they that they do there. Uh, so Turkey would probably be my least favorite. My agent knows never to call me about Turkey. <laughs> All right, glad y'all have that understanding. All right, so here's yeah. the icebreaker. Would you rather play in Turkey for $10 million a year? Or play in the NBA for just a hundred thousand dollars, just a hundred thousand dollars. That's a lot of money, Steve. A hundred thousand? Yeah, a hundred thousand or ten mil in Turkey. Or ten mil? No, hell no, I'm going to Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one time he can call you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can call me for ten million. I, I'll do it. As long right, as so- I got some, some type of protection, I make sure I get my money. I'm going. Okay, okay, yeah, it's the biggest thing, obviously, too. Sometimes they're a little, they slide yeah. a couple people on the money, but uh, yeah, okay. Exactly. Exactly. Cool, cool. Well, cool. <laughs> what, before we jump into like just strictly big three stuff, you've obviously had a long history journey and you just actually came off a really couple of good years. You, you're playing in the BSN recently, had some really good games there. And yeah. then 
Maybe, maybe your best season as a pro just came recently in Greece where you were named all Champions League first team. Um, what do you feel like has clicked for you maybe over the past couple of years? Um, you know, to be honest, I think I, I've really just kind of settled into to what I do best. And um, I've been working my tail off, man. I've been working my butt off in the summers for years. Um, just, you know, kind of waiting for the opportunity. I felt like um, – the last like four or five years, I've been kind of back overseas after leaving Brooklyn, uh, completely disappointed with the way that Brooklyn went. And uh, man, I started growing my hair and, and just locked in. And, uh, you know, I, I've been I've always known that I, I had potential and that I could score the ball, that I was talented, that I could do a lot of things. But um, I just never really found the right situation to do it. So um, after COVID hit, you know, is a lot of people had to kind of grow up. And um, I think like. I don't know if that was a, an eye-opening experience for me or what, but um, I've definitely just, you know, I've been locked in, man. I, I've been I've been really focused the last few years. No, yeah, you definitely, it, I think it's paid dividends. You can definitely tell from the outside looking yeah. in, and maybe even people at your yeah. games and your teammates have definitely noticed that as well. Is that hair kind of giving you like a new aura or maybe just like a new character? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my brother, my brother says it gives me superpowers, you know. Okay. Um, I think for me it's more of like a commitment to the journey. You know, like I, I I'm gonna be here. Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna be going back overseas. Um, I'm gonna be hooping. Like I'm committed to I'm committed to my craft. I'm committed to my journey. And um, you know, I think that frees up a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of things in the back of your mind. Like if you're inconsistent with, with what you're getting what you're getting after every day, then um, you know you can you can really waver. Um, but the hair for me is just like a symbol of you know I'm I'm doing this every day. I like that. I like that. Um, and let me yeah. ask you about the BSN. It's been a lot of improved competition as of late. Obviously, there's a few bigger names that like, have great successful careers in the NBA that are now playing in the BSN. For you to even like, you know, not just compete at that level, but also play really well in that level. I mean, talk a little bit of just about the the race competition in the BSN and just going against some of those guys that have had successful careers in the NBA. Yeah, man, it's a dope, it's a dope league. It's really cool. Um, I got the chance to go down there. I've, I've been kind of eyeing the league for a little while, um, but some really big names, like you said, are signing it this year. Uh, my old uh, UVA teammate, Mike Scott, has been down there going going crazy. Yeah. Uh, Artie Cousins, Brandon Knight, like, the, you know, the, the names that everybody knows. Um, but it's a great league, man. It's really high-paced, um, a lot of fun. You know, the, the coaching style, from what I've seen, is, is pretty laid back, pretty chill, and um, you know, the island is amazing. So it's kind of like, I won't say it's paid vacation because you are working. There's a lot of games, a lot of practice, a lot of basketball. But, like, you can't beat living on the island making money to play basketball. Like, it's, it's not better than that. Yeah, no doubt. And it's pretty close to home. So maybe some of your family yeah. members can come down there. More oh, yeah. So they, than if you're in they Turkey. milked every chance they could. Yeah, they milked every chance they could. My mom was down there, like, three times. And five <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's what's up that's what's up well your mom yeah. can definitely see you play more games in the big three now being stateside yeah. first off how did you hear about this opportunity obviously you're getting to come into a really good team and power that's really just like created this this great sense of culture I think led by yeah. obviously Nancy but also Katino as well just being there for all six yeah. years I guess like how did you hear about the opportunity to play in the big three and how the co-captain co position become open to you yeah so um so Nancy's son TJ Mm -hmm. um, played in Israel. I've obviously played in Israel uh, for a couple of years. So I had known TJ for a little while. Um, and then this year, while I was playing in Greece, we played against TJ's team. Um, 
So TJ and I caught up a little bit. I destroyed them a couple times, and <laughs> <laughs> you know how that goes. And after the TJ, sure. TJ called me like, "Yo, what do you think about the big three? And I wasn't really, I wasn't really sold on it at first. Like I said, I left Greece, went straight to Puerto Rico, um, and then I, you know, left Puerto Rico and came straight to the big three. So I was a little worried about just kind of overuse and, and too much playing. He kind of talked me through it and was like, "Yo, it's a great opportunity. I, I think you should do it." And I, he told me like, uh, you know, he told me kind of some of the, the details of the league, and I was like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it." Nancy's a Hall of Famer. Cat uh, is an amazing, um, an amazing vet. Like. Glenn Rice and I played together before. So it just kind of fit for me. Um, and like you said, I, I stepped into a great culture, um, a winning culture. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the rest of the summer. I feel like TJ, even before he's on the team, has always been kind of a big recruiter. And I feel like it yeah. always stems from, like, guys he played against in Israel or guys he played with in Israel. Yeah. He's obviously yeah, sure. out there a lot. So <laughs> that's cool. He's always doing it for his mom there. Um, what do you yeah, feel like yeah. was maybe the selling point and even just, like, kind of – Put you over that hump a little bit to take the opportunity i mean honestly man i just wanted to be home like i wanted mm -hmm. to be home weeks uh i miss my family i don't get a chance to see him a whole lot um you know i've been gone for the better part of the last three or four years so wow. when he told me that i would be you know be able to spend my weeks at home and then travel on the weekends to play um that's when i was like all right cool you know i can go home i can see my doctor i can see my physical therapist i can see my trainer like kind of keep up with my routine just to make sure that i'm still staying healthy over the summer and still getting rest um, yeah. But, you know, I also see my little cousins and nephews and nieces and my mom, you know, it's, all of that is really important for like my mental health as much as anything. So, yeah, um, when he told me that, I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Like you get paid pretty well to, to you know, go home and uh, um, and take care of yourself on the side. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, money doesn't hurt. Also, too, just I, I think it's underrated, but you get to be around a lot of the, the guys maybe that you played against yeah. or played with at some point and then be yeah. around a bunch of these guys that are like hall of famers, maybe get a little bit of tidbit or insight from them too. So um, some, some big names, man, some big name bets. <laughs> and that game was fun. Like Sunday was a lot of fun and the, the crowd was, was a lot better than, uh, than I think I had seen on TV and, um, you know, some of the performances, CQ walking around, like there was a lot of energy in the building, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. I feel like the tour brings, the best out of the big three. I feel like the best season yeah. was pre-COVID 2019, but I feel like that's when the tour was really peaking. So I was just as yeah. excited too. I feel like it's it's one of those things where like, if you're in the same city week after week, you kind of take advantage of that. Whereas if you're yeah. in one city for one week, you're like, oh, I got to attend, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that's just cool. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, What kind of role or, you know, when they first talked to you about it, what kind of role did they say you were going to play? How did they say you were going to fit into it? Because it feels like you're yeah. kind of the, they're hoping that you're going to be kind of that missing piece to the puzzle to a second championship for this franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope I can be. I hope I can be. I yeah. know, um, you know I was watching them a little bit last year. They lost the trilogy. Um, and when I talked to TJ, it was kind of like, uh, you know, they were missing the piece that could switch and defend guards, but also, you know, rebound. Um, just do the things that I do best. Um, mm -hmm. Be versatile. Universal big. Um, we can also bring physicality and a little bit of a scoring punch. Um, so, I, I, and like I said, knowing the, knowing those guys and seeing the way that they played last year, like I think I'll fit in perfectly. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I, I think that for you is obviously a great game. Um, not only did your team get the win, but like scoring twelve points in your debut, not missing a shot, defended really well. But what do you think about the makeup of this team now with you on it and now having a chance to play with some of these guys? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's really high IQ basketball. Um, 
which, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people would, would think of when you say, you know, three on three, but mm-hmm. um, I got that Nancy's mind is amazing. Just in the, the week or so that I've spent with her already, just being able to kind of pick her brain um, to go back and forth and listen to her talk to Kat, um, listen to her go back and forth with Royce. Like I'm, I'm seeing little things and little angles that, you know, even in 10 years, like I, I haven't, I haven't really picked up on. So uh, I think that's one of the things that's going to be, uh, you know, one of the things that we can really hang our hat on is just um, being, you know, a high IQ team. Um, I'll, I'll be able to bring some, some speed and some youthful energy uh, <laughs> on the floor and, um, you know, they'll, they'll keep finding me on rolls and we'll dump offs and stuff like that. But um, I think like more than anything, we'll, we'll be able to outsmart a lot of, a lot of teams and just get it done. Yeah, I feel like experience comes into play. I feel like TJ yeah. adjusted really well to it, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, it's a different. I feel like it's a different type of IQ too. Just and knowing three on three, like were were there maybe concerns for you? Whereas, like, I should say, some teams kind of go a little bit more ISO ball. They play a little one on one. Not really sure what kind of sets to run. Was there a little bit of concern for you coming into the game of like, maybe not just the adjustment adjustment factor, but also too like, what what is kind of be going to be like a way for us to really outsmart people when we're yeah. going against them in different matchups in three on three setting. Well, I mean, I think like we have guys that can score one-on-one, you know, even yeah. Kat at, at 50 damn near can, can go <laughs> to the bucket every now and again at one-on-one, but mm-hmm. it's so physical. The game is so physical and they allow so much to mm-hmm. go that you don't want to go one-on-one every possession if you don't have yeah. to. Like, you know, if you, I'm not Joe Johnson, you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to give you 30. I can score here on, here and there on the block, but, um, you know, using my speed, using my athleticism to 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 avoid a lot of that physicality, um, to set screens at good angles so that guys can get downhill or open cat up for a shot. Um, and then there's just so much space. Like that's the amazing thing about it is there's so much space that if you play the right way and you play with with guys that can pass the ball like all of us can, um, it's it's almost impossible to guard, man. Just yeah, finding open spots and and, and getting to the rim when you can. Yeah, definitely not a lot of room for error, for sure. And I, I just feel yeah. like they've just done such a good job. I know you mentioned that you got to come into a, a really good culture, a winning culture, but also to just like, I would say even a family-oriented culture where everyone really cares for each other and everyone really cares for not only to make sure that everyone's bought in and come together to win a championship, but make sure they care about your well-being off the court yeah. as well and and make sure that you guys are, are tight-knit. I mean, even last year, these – these guys got together in Dallas for four weeks when the team was struggling a little yeah. bit and ultimately led to a playoff run, championship run. Just yeah. talk to me a little bit about the culture you experienced so far in your first week. Well, I mean, we all got to Chicago early also. Oh, so wow. I've been in Chicago. I, I got to Chicago Wednesday last week and, you know, we were just working out um, and, uh, and you know, talking through the game, seeing seeing through the eyes of, of those, uh, those vets and, um, like I said, just kind of picking their brain and learning. Um, it is a it's an amazing culture. Like I've known Glenn my my entire career. I played with him my rookie year. Um, I've known TJ for three or four years. Um, even Royce, I've followed for a long time. So um, we really were able to bond and really quickly. You know, um, Uber rides over. Like you can tell, it's it's a genuine like it's a genuine love for each other. And um, because I think like because I've known these guys for so long, like I can just kind of step in and um, and you know they trust me to tell them what I'm seeing. Um, and vice versa. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's, that's what leads to winning in the, uh, in the long run. Yeah, 100%. And then just having that constructive feedback or allowing for that constructive feedback yeah, too, sure. not just not just from experienced players or your experience, yeah. but experienced big three players, but also too, even right. like the 
the rookies of the league, as we can call it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, two, you have two great leaders, and Nancy and Catino. Um, they're just great people. I feel like um, I haven't yeah. had the chance to actually talk to Catino or interview Catino, but it seems like just right. a great, genuine person and yeah. a great dad. And then Nancy, we've had the chance to have on the show, and she just gave so much knowledge and insight. But what do you feel like? from your eyes makes them like just great leaders and makes people on the team want to buy in and gravitate toward them. I mean, both of them are, they obviously have a, a wealth of experience, a wealth of knowledge. Like they've told, Nancy's told me stories about Barack Obama and Muhammad Ali and <laughs> Kim Obias stories from the NBA. Like when I was a kid, you know what I mean? So yeah. Obviously like you gravitate towards just their experience and the depth of knowledge that they have, but they're also both so humble. Um, like Nancy is a, is a put everyone else first type of person, um, from the Uber ride over to practice to, you know, the way that we prepare for games to, you know, texting me on my birthday, uh, you know, just every little thing that, um, that they can do to improve the, I don't want to say the experience, but, you know, just give, they're just givers, mm -hmm. both of them. And yeah. so I, I think that's what makes it like. It's what makes it really fun to follow both of them because you know that they're they're thinking about your best interests and they just want to see you, you know, they want to see you successful. So if they cut you out, it's for a good reason. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they've dealt with the, or I guess they can maybe identify toxicity from the early going. So yeah, if, they, exactly. if they bring you in, that's got to be a good thing. Exactly. <laughs> I, I feel that. Um, I know three on three game is obviously what most people grow up playing. You know, it's kind of going back to your roots and playing in the park. But with this, it's on a little bit more professional level. There's a little bit more nuance to it, I would even say. Um, do you feel like there's any adjustments, or do you actually feel like this this setting might fit your game just a little bit better? Um, I don't know if it'll fit my game better. Um, you know, well, I know I, for I you, you have to run up and down the court and stuff too. Yeah, sure, I but. definitely like to get up and down and, and you know play with some pace. But it's still it's still basketball. You still find yeah. the angle. Um, you know, I've been in Europe so long that you know you have to get used to playing a half court style. Um, in this way, there's no, in three on three, there's no, you know, there's no help side, there's no tag, mm -hmm. like, and the guys in this league are, you know, such good shooters, such good scorers that you can't really help. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, for me, the adjustment is just really more of the, the physicality of it all. Um, just trying to learn, you know, defensively how much I can get away with, it, um, and then, you know, how to attack, um, which I, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to be able to figure out pretty quickly. Every game's going to be different, but um it's fun man it is a yeah. lot of fun i had i had a great time i had a great time on sunday man that's great to hear uh one guy who has probably figured out how to get get away with the most physicality as possible is reggie evans he's been yeah. in this league long enough and he's <laughs> arguably the best big Dude, man I, in have league. A, I have a knot on my head from reggie that... elbowing me still <laughs> today's what wednesday thursday Monday. i still have yeah. a knot on my forehead playing against him, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, okay. I don't know if you can build off that anymore, but just talk about a little bit about going against Reggie Evans and like yeah. just that matchup you had with him this past weekend. Yeah, man. I did I, I did probably like 85 push-ups in the locker room. <laughs> I just I knew it was coming, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, I, I know Reggie. I've watched him play so many times, man. So much respect for his game. Um you know, but I also know that I have a couple of advantages in speed, um, my quickness. And like I said, the spacing of the floor is just so open that, um, you know, if I get other guys open, then I'll be open. Um, and so that was, that was kind of what the game plan was against Reggie um, for me specifically. And, um, you know, just got to go to war, put your heart yeah. down, keep them off the glass when you can. And like I said, every week is going to be different. Um, so I'll be able to really showcase my versatility. But 
um, to get the win against him in the first week is is, is big for me. Yeah, hundred percent. That was his uh, was his comeback game, you know. So his first game back. Yeah. So I'm sure he didn't take yeah, that I, too lightly. Probably remember that down the stretch. <laughs> I think he gave me a freaking concussion, but he's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little rookie haste in there. You mentioned before we yeah, actually like started recording with that. Uh, they kind of treat me a little bit about a rookie. Can you kind of like elaborate <laughs> a little on that? Yeah, Nancy, Nancy in the huddle before the game, he was just like, guys, we have to help a kill. Like, this is all going to be new for him. This is going to be moving fast paced. It's very physical. I'm looking at it like, Nancy, I've like, I played a championship <laughs> before. Like, I've, played, yeah. <laughs> I've been playing 10 years. Like, and she's like, no, nah, trust me, this, this is, this is going to be different from anything you played in. So, um, they, you know, they, they just kind of helping me adjust, adjust yeah, to yeah. Adjust the league and, um, adjust to like the little nuances you said, but um, like I said, I, I think I, I impressed him with the first game. Yeah, I think so. I think he pressed a lot of people for sure. And I, I think too, just going up against Reggie, maybe where you even caught that knot was probably in that bring the fire setting. He definitely sounded <laughs> on that. Easy, That's easy different. call there. Easy win, I would say. Um, yeah. Well, maybe I don't know how easy it was because you did take a little bit of a hit. But just, <laughs> just talk about the bring the fire rule in general. I mean, I, I, it's very unique to any league. Yeah, uh, to be able to dispute a foul call on a one-on-one -on -one setting is is pretty yeah. neat. And then to have to go and I mean, like you said, it's it's kind of like the way that we grew up in the park, right? Like, yeah, all right, you think it's a foul, I don't think it's a foul. Let's let's play ones for it. Uh, yeah, or not get the ball back. You know what I mean? So, um, it's also like a pretty interesting strategy. I think they went for a, a through the fire early with Royce, mm -hmm. um, guarded by um, the lefty. I'm sorry, I meant, forget his name, but. I'm trying to think of his name too. Uh, uh Dozier, Dozier. Was yeah. it Dozier? Okay. No, it was um their guard. The the, the oh Murphy. Was, really yeah, Murphy. Yeah. And so like the interesting strategy there is right, like is all right, they don't they obviously don't want Royce to shoot the free throw, but mm -hmm. if you put a guard on a guy like Royce, he's just gonna back him down and put him in the put him in the rim. So yeah. Um I think it's an interesting strategy from the coach's perspective, but also from the player to know, like, all right, who am I going? Who am I going against? What's my matchup here? And how do I get the best out of what I can? Right. Like I can settle for a jumper against Reggie, but I'm going to put my head down and try to get a foul. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting to, you know, again, to kind of think about the game and um, it's competitive too, which is a lot of fun also. Yeah. That's an interesting mindset to have like during a play is like, Hey, I could try to go get this foul. We also yeah. know that it's very physical, so I might not get this foul or if it's this <laughs> right. jumper that I'm pretty confident in. Like, right. yeah, there's like, there's, yeah, those are kind of the nuances. Balance, like, you got to balance, yeah, the nuance. You have to balance, like, what you're comfortable with. Like, all right, as a hooper, like, obviously your mindset is just go score. Yeah. Um, but you have to be able to balance, like, okay, what's the best thing for the team right now? If I, you know, if I draw this, it's, it's almost, if I draw this foul, it's almost double, right? Like, it's, it's, yeah. you kind of have to balance it. So, um, you know, some guys will play with it and some guys won't. And um, all I know is defensively, like, that's that's what I do. Uh, yeah, you know, they, yeah. They brought me here to be to be as versatile a defender as possible. So I don't know if any coaches will watch this, but if you bring the fire with me, you know, trust me, it's going to burn you. <laughs> yeah. And even, even too, just like in a, in a regular setting, like, this team takes advantage probably maybe better than anybody, and TJ might be the best at it, is just taking advantage of the air balls and just understanding the game. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. if it hits off the backboard and doesn't hit rim, I'm putting this thing up, or at least yeah. I'm going to try to get a foul out of it. So yeah. I think that's where your presence might be the most fun as well. For sure. For sure. TJ's really smart like that. Um, and we talked we talked a lot in those couple of days before, um, just, again, just figuring out the little nuances. 
I had one that, that Reggie kind of threw me out the way on. I, I, I had an air ball just waiting for me, but didn't get to it. But I'm, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, well, you don't have to face Reggie Evans every week, so hopefully that will happen. <laughs> yeah, thank uh, God. I'll be <laughs> um, probably have more than one welt on your head there. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this league? I, I personally feel like as the league has, has grown, they've gotten a little bit younger. They've tried to get more competitive. They've tried to bring in guys that maybe, as a as a casual fan, maybe they don't know about all the great players out there, but as like uh, someone who watches basketball a lot, they're like, oh, there's a lot of, really good players in this league, making it yeah. the most competitive gear that we've probably ever had. That's personally yeah. how I feel watching this league since inception, is that this is the most balanced playing field that we might have ever had. What are your thoughts on it? Do you feel kind of like that's the same way, or do you feel like there might be one team that stands out to you? Um, I Well, so we watched Trilogy, um, obviously the defending champs, right? Like they're coming mm -hmm. back on the championship. Earl Clark is a guy that I've known for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, Isaiah Briscoe looks like he's shooting the ball really well. Um, so they're, they're definitely going to be a team to watch. Um, a lot more ISO ball in that, but their scorers are so good that, yeah, uh, you know, they're dangerous that way. Uh, so that'll be a really good matchup, I think. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, one of the teams I'm definitely watching. But like you said, it is a really balanced league. Um, a, lot of, a lot of scoring, uh, a lot of talent, and a lot of experience, um, really on every team, um, which is fun, man. It's, it's, it's cool to be a guy like myself who people might not know. Um, but you know, I, I go out there every day and, and do the same thing over in Europe. It's just, people don't get a chance to watch. Right. You know what I mean? There's a lot of really good, talented players, um, that people don't know about, um, that, you know, we'll get a chance to showcase it in the big three this year. So, um, I, I think, you know, I haven't really been, uh, too attached to the league, um, before this year, but, For sure. um, so I can't say it's, it's better than last year, or the year before or whatever, but. I know it'll be very competitive this year. And um, like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to making a name. Yeah. You could argue maybe that even people overseas in Europe, in Asia, in Australia might know American players, like just like globally or just like yeah. as a whole better than maybe most people know just in America. So that like, might be true. Yeah, that might be yeah. true. Because <laughs> like obviously everybody in America knows most of the NBA players, but like mm -hmm. there's not a ton of people that are like necessarily like watch, just watching everybody. And I just I think right. it's one of the things I love about this league and even different iter iterations of basketball leagues mm -hmm. in America is that get a chance to really see the amount of talent that's out there and how hard it yeah. is. Like it makes it that much like better perspective, like how hard it is to be an NBA player, you know, every year, you know, like yeah. every year. And it just goes to show how good how many good players we really have like we yeah. could probably put together like multiple great olympic teams yeah. you know if oh, given the sure. opportunity so for sure it's also a big head nod to guys like Tino Mobley man who yeah yeah 50 years old is still putting together good basketball and to have had such a long stretch in the nba but to still be able to you know get up and down play every day like that's amazing so shouts out to guys like that who uh you know have proven themselves in the nba but are still clicking and still rolling and like you see just how how crazily insane like insanely talented and how hard they work in their bodies like it, it really is a testament to the, to guys like that yeah want to ask real quickly about Coutinho. Coutinho is someone who's helped this team win a championship but he's yeah. struggled a little bit with the injury but in the past couple of years he looked really healthy and really yeah. good i would say and, and last week or last sunday just playing with you guys how do you feel like Coutinho's holding up and how, you feel like he's in for a big year yeah, man. I, I mean, you know, just really just meeting him for the first time uh, last mm -hmm. week. 
Um, but in the practices that we did get in together, he looks spry. He looked look pretty healthy. Um, looks like he's eating well. Uh, told me he's lost a little weight from last year. So, um, I mean, shit, man. If I can do that at 48, 49, whatever he is, like, sure. I'll be very, very happy. Like, the injury bug doesn't <laughs> – at that age, is not a bug. You know, it's a, it's a monster. So, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he'll be able to, to to stay on top. I don't think we'll push his minutes or anything too crazy this year, and um, I, I think he'll be able to give us some some good sparks here and there. Yeah, him and Rashard are like two people that have just like impressed me year in yeah. and year out. Like, how yeah. do they do it? How do they continue to yeah. be a, a great contributor to their team? So that's cool. Um, last thing I want to ask you is about just this upcoming weekend. You mentioned it or kind of alluded to it is that you get to play the champions and trilogy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is a big game for your teammates who unfortunately took that loss in the championship game and and the score is not necessarily indicative of how the game went, but trilogy kind of went yeah. on a run and to end it there. And, you know, yeah. big game where they're, they're looking probably for a little revenge, but also to like your team is hoping to start off to, to get off to that two and O start. Yeah. What do you feel like is the approach that your team has taken just early on? And where do you feel like you can have the biggest impact in that game? Yeah. Um, well, again, like I, I think my versatility will be, will be pretty helpful. Um, that was when TJ called me this summer and, and asked me to come, like, that was one of the things he said, like, if you go watch that game with trilogy last year, like Earl Clark was, was tough to guard, um, tough to defend. And um, they just had some problems defensively. So uh, I know it's going to be a physical game. I, I know that we bring physicality every, every week, but um, you know, Royce might, Royce might be wanting to get some get back. So it might be very, a, a little more physical than usual, but um, if you ask me like where my impact is going to be at, I think it's going to be on the defensive end. Um, I think we'll we'll score enough points to keep it competitive. But um, if I can defend and rebound and, um, you know, help my teammates, uh, you know, get into position to to win the game, that's what I'm going to do. 100%. I'm looking forward to that. It's probably game of the week, I would say. Just a, yeah. a rematch of the championship. I'm uh, excited. For sure. But, Akil, best of luck this weekend. I appreciate the time. Good to get to know you. And best of luck all season. I mean, this is your first year. <laughs> Hopefully no more knots coming your way. Hopefully you stay healthy. <laughs> and uh, let's see if you can get that that revenge for these guys out here. Anthony, cool, man. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the conversation. It's nice to meet you too, man. Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right. That was our interview with Akil Mitchell. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I really just enjoyed getting to know Akil and just kind of I don't know. He just feels like a really humble guy. Like he, he's just someone that takes basketball very seriously and very professionally, but someone that seems like he cares a lot for his family and is willing to play his part and hope and helping a team win a championship. So guess we need to give a big shout out to TJ. Thanks for, you know, recruiting him and bring him to the big three and, you know, bring him to your team. Hopefully he's that missing piece for you guys, but big thank you to Akil. I appreciate the time and uh, best of luck to power moving forward. And thank you to all you guys for tuning in to another episode of The Fourth Man. Again, make sure you're following on social media at Fourth Man Pod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever your preferred social media platform is. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. And thank you guys to Believe for giving us this platform each week, especially during the Big Three season. That being said, I hope you guys enjoy week two in Dallas. Hope there's some great performances out there. Hope you guys show out again. They had 10K plus in Chicago. So can you do better, Dallas? Big three comes here every year, just like Chicago. So we'll see. We'll see. At this point, it's a competition. The bar has been set. But for all of you going to Dallas, be safe. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the performances. And we'll see you guys next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.